Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall and is for the title of greatest podcast ever made. Introducing first, from San Diego, California, Austin Cook. And from Odessa, Texas, Kayla McLemore. And these two together make up the Internet World Order. Hey there, everybody. It's Austin Cook, and welcome back to the Internet World Order podcast. I am joined again today by Caleb McLemore, and you guys probably saw this coming, but we're going to do season two of uh, Teen Titans, one of my favorite TV shows of all time. But first, we wanted to take a second to uh, pay our respects uh, to two people in the pop culture community who we lost recently. Uh, the first one being Chadwick Boseman, who we all know is playing Black Panther, who also played James Brown, and he played, man, oh man, Jackie Robinson and Marshall Thurgood and all these other people. And, you know, it, it's pretty devastating, you know, that he's gone, but we wanted to pay our respects to him. You know, he's always going to be our king. And, man, my we want to send respect out to his family. Yeah. And the second person that passed away, his name is uh, Norm Spencer. And for those not in the know, he was the voice of Cyclops in the 90s X-Men. So obviously, big, iconic role that many of us, myself included, just grew up watching and loving. So it's, we understood that it would not be, it would not be correct if we did not acknowledge and pay respects to both of these men and for the excellent work that they had provided us before their passing. Yeah. So uh, paying our respects and, you know, hoping that, you know, everyone out there is safe and, you know, that we're all hanging tough and hanging in there and, you know, staying strong as a community. But hopefully, you know, we're, we're here today to talk about Teen Titans season two. I know I've already said that, but, you know, <laughs> hopefully we can, you know, talk about that and, you know, talk about things that, you know, we, love and enjoy and continue to celebrate those things uh, in the time that we have together. And that's one of the many reasons Caleb and I started a podcast together. So <laughs> exactly. We, we had a lot of, we realized we had a lot of things in common that we liked and we're just like, Hey, let's share this with everybody. And now here we are. Yeah, here we are. And you know, let's get started. Let's just talk about it. You know, this is oh, uh, yes. no time to waste. We have plenty of stuff to talk about, especially with this TV series. And Oh man, I I blew right through this season. This season, I didn't even stop. I just <laughs> I didn't yeah. take a break. No, it this this season I was as I alluded to with the previous episode when we were talking about season 1 of this is the first time I've seen most of these episodes since I was literally a kid, like a teenager in like junior high and high school. And I knew season 2 was about Tara and I was like, I'm an adult now. I I'm, I can handle this. I am emotionally stronger and more mature. And then the first time I see her on screen, I'm like, I am not ready for this. Nope. <laughs> this is nope. Oh, oh man, it's brutal. But, but before we get to her, obviously, so obviously she's she's the main focus of the season. But episode one of the season uh, doesn't talk about her at all because it's when Starfire gets into the future. Which is and, just as brutal. <laughs> yeah, no, this, like they 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 softened you up. They're like, hey, um, 
I hope you liked all the goofy antics and the mixture of goofy with dark. Now we're just going to punch you in the emotional gut. You're going to yell stop, but we're going to keep going. And episode one just proves that. Yeah, I, I forgot that this was the first episode of the season. It mm-hmm. blew my mind. And I remember like seeing it. And I was like, oh, no, not that one. And uh-huh. <laughs> it just went right. He just throws you right in. This show is just infamous, infamous for just almost just hitting you over the head every time you try and watch this. And it's like, guess what? You're not ready. You're, you're just not. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man, this this episode. <laughs> oh, this episode's brutal. I can't right. even like. Especially like imagine being a kid and watching the show and seeing someone who's right around your age or like even just a little bit older who goes ahead in time and sees all of her friends have grown old and drifted apart and everything's different and you haven't experienced any of that growth or change. It was just 20 seconds of change for you. Exactly. And for myself, because like this time I'm like, because it came out in 2004, but it, in January, so like before I had turned 13. So uh, where I grew up didn't have middle school yet; it was still junior high. So elementary went through sixth grade. So seeing an episode that talks about the dangers of friends that go from being best friends to they eventually grow apart, and they don't hate each other; they just go their separate ways. And it's a very grown up thing. And it's a, I bring this up for myself. Cause it's like, that's a fear you have when you're shifting from elementary to junior high. And then of course from junior high to high school to college to, you know, adulthood, that's the fear you have is, am I going to lose my friends? And this episode's like, yeah, what happens if you lost all of them? <laughs> what if you just have no friends whatsoever? <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, I- what? <laughs> oh yeah, that that this one hurt. I wow. I, I don't yeah. even know where to begin half the time. Like when I talk about this episode, because well, like we watching basics. Yeah, yeah. Let's start with the basic of like warp. Because I found I have it pulled up here on my computer. So like warp says a super thief from the future travels back in time to steal a antique, and then uh, the Teen Titans of course try to stop him. Starfire ends up following him and kind of when he tries to go back into the future. And so she gets launched 20 years into the future and she's still the same age. And now she's having to figure out like what happened to the Titans and the, what they were building up previously was all the times were kind of like nipping, like kind of like real, like snippy. I don't know, like I'm going to kind of get on each other's nerves and like yelling at each other when she's trying to like celebrate a temp, uh, Tamaranian, uh, Blorthorg, Blorthog. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Like a holiday <laughs> of like the celebrate friendship and her friends are the exact opposite of friendly. And so she's like, Oh, we'll grow apart. And like, no, that would never happen. And so when she ends up in the future, it did happen because, uh, it, like you were saying earlier, though, it was just a few seconds for her. It was actually for them. It was, Starfire was gone for 20 years. And so it's like, oh, there's all these consequences that all of them had to deal with. And so, yeah, like, as you were saying, it's just, man, because you see, like, you see how Cyborg, Raven, Robin, and Beast Boy end up. And it's, 
The only one that gets, you could kind of say, good into the stick is Robin. Yeah, (laughs) because he becomes Nightwing and he's tall and muscular and handsome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So not fair. (laughs) No, actually, they do that too. With Beast Boy, who's now bald, looks over at Robin and just goes, that's not even fair. Not fair, man. (laughs) His was really sad. That, like, seeing him like he's working at a carnival. Like as well, not even at oh, a yeah. carnival. He's just like a one man show, just turning into animals and like. Also, and then of course you see, oh, the one that got me. I mean, all three of them. I mean, so, like I said once again, Robin kind of just. Does, I mean, I guess it makes sense when you're trained by Bruce Wayne. You kind of learn to just detach yourself from emotions and move on. <laughs> so, but all the of the other of the other three, they're all tragic in their own way. But somehow, cyborgs just really hit me. Yeah, he was like, he yeah, I'm obsolete. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh dude. Don't <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Like seeing him just kind of like trapped alone in there because he can't go anywhere else. I was like, this is dark. I don't, yeah, and, <laughs> I don't like this. And, of course. And she was like, but, but why would they allow you to fall into disrepair like this? And he's basically trying to explain to her. It also kind of shows like what Starfire brought to the team. Mm-hmm. Like without her, I mean, her being her cheery, almost to the point of being obnoxious sometimes self, it really throws off the entire dynamic of the team. And of course, the fact that when she disappeared into that time portal, I guess they all kind of blame themselves for mm-hmm. her being gone, which as any friend group can tell you, all it takes is that little bit of resentment to fracture a group. Yeah, it, it boils over and that definitely seems to be the case there. Yeah, because especially when she go, went to go visit Raven and Oof. she's essentially in a psych ward and she doesn't let anyone get within like three feet of her. I don't even know if she was in a psych ward. She was just alone. Like she just uh, like I mean, isolated I that, herself. Right. I mean, I, I'm sure it wasn't a, not an official one, but they're kind of simulating like her kind of basically being in solitary, but it was yeah. more like a self-imposed solitary. Right. She just went into isolation. I don't know. This, dude, this episode's heavy. I can't right and it's the season beginner right i was like oh you guys really don't you just you want to do this to us huh yeah uh, like, oh this man. is this is advertised for younger kids like if this is a show that's like hey this is like for like i don't know like 13 to 17 or something i'd get it but that wasn't their target audience no i mean i think honestly after watching this, I was like, maybe we've been getting it wrong the whole time. <laughs> maybe this is actually for everyone. Maybe it's for older people to watch with like their siblings or like, you know, f- parents to watch with their kids. Cause it, man, <laughs> no, I know. I know. Like I said, that's why I brought my, you know, talking about like what it was like for me, like at 12 of like, this is hitting stuff that like I was already starting to worry about. And I'm like, oh, great. An episode that talks about this and puts in the worst case scenario. Oh, man. Yeah, it's it's crazy because it was like, especially as a kid, I was excited to see Nightwing, but also like devastated about literally everything else. Yeah, how we got there. <laughs> yeah, the entire course of action. But I mean, it's kind of the perfect beginning because yeah. you have them going in there. They lose everything. You see kind of the dynamic between them, and it definitely expresses the emotional weight that's going to be prevalent throughout the entire series. Yeah, and it's it's perfect. I don't I don't know. Well, it's it's really really good. No, I agree. And 
of course, I mean, and <laughs> for those wondering, Casey, you, if you've if it's been a long time since you've seen this, and maybe it's a fuzzy in your memory, this we're not this doesn't go full Zack Snyder dark. It does like they do team back up together. The future versions of them team up with Starfire to help get her back to the present, and they have that big like moral lesson of hey, sometimes friends fight. That doesn't mean we're going to hate each other. We'll get over it and we'll still be friends on the other side of it. Exactly. So like they do end it on a very much like a, you know, a positive note, very good teaching moment for kids. Mm -hmm. And then they follow it up with a very goofy episode with every dog has his day. (sighs) Which I'm not a big fan of this particular episode. I mean, it's fine. It's, it's very much a filler of like, it doesn't provide anything in terms of like moving plot along. I think when you look at the two episodes, it comes in between. I get why they did it. Mm, yeah, no, absolutely. I, <laughs> it, it's kind of a perfect, it's perfect for its placement in the season. But yeah. I, I just still like, I watched it and I was like, it's fairly inconsequential. I think Soto is kind of a little too much for me, even though he's not a bad character. I just, you know, like I mean, Soto new dog. And I was just like, I can it's very Looney this. Tunes. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of the uh, abominable snowman. Yes. Who captures Bugs Bunny. Keeps calling him George. Yeah. I can't wait for like, and he's my own little bunny rabbit and I will hug him and love him and call him George and he will be mine. Oh yeah. That, that was pretty much the, the entire basis of it. I did like at the end though, when the dog, when they finally caught the alien dog. Cause like the whole plot is that beast boy wants to get attention from people. Like he wants to be noticed by his friends and mm-hmm. they all just don't have time for him. And he goes and tries to get attention from girls by pretending to be a dog, which yep. not a horrible idea in concept. And- <laughs> yeah. But he also forgets that whatever animal he turns into is very bright green, right? It's like a sickly green. And they're like, why is that dog green? And he was just like, Oh, come on and he gets captured by this giant stone alien who Mm -hmm. thinks that he's his green dog because his dog left on earth so it's like a a classic mix-up and i was like well why doesn't he just turn back and then he did it didn't change anything because the guy was like hey you're still my pet and i was like oh (laughs) because he was like oh you're even better because you can turn into anything he's like oh i shouldn't have done that (laughs) like no oh man yeah like i i kind of liked parts of it and i think the like the dog when they actually had the dog talk i think that was my favorite (laughs) part when and they're like if you could talk why did you keep running away from us and he's like because it was funny i was like (laughs) oh my gosh that's such a dog thing to do (laughs) i was having fun (laughs) it was was too much fun and they're just like oh i hate you and if, if we'd have to get our friend back, we would just get rid of you right now. Right. And this, <laughs> I don't know. It, it was funny. It had a good oh. fight at the end of it. I, I think like the themes of it, like even the filler episodes for this show, I've come to notice like small stuff, even like this episode, there's still development. And it was kind of like a, a precursor for some other episodes with Beast Boy, like Beast Boy centered stuff, because Beast Boy plays a huge role in this entire season. Oh, yeah. And before season three, which he, you know, he has a an episode where he deals with um, a werewolf. But we'll get to that. Yeah, all right, that's right. <laughs> Spoiler yeah. alert. Uh, <laughs> two, well, guess 
put a pin in that and come back to it later. <laughs> right. But it, it kind of tested it out and we got a, a bit more of a feel for what Beast Boy is like. And I appreciated that. But right. I, I think that, you know, we've kind of said all we can say about this particular oh, for sure. episode. It was a fun filler episode that's in between two very heavy episodes. Yeah, it, it's completely harmless and actually kind of a welcome addition to it. I know I said that I wasn't a huge fan of it, but watching the season again, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I now know why. Like, individually, you're just like, wait. But in terms of the flow of the season, it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about when we meet Tara. <laughs> oh, no. Dude, I'm getting emotional. Just God. Ah, oh, uh, heartbreaking. Like I said, I was like, I was like, I'm, I can handle this. I am now a grown adult. And the moment because one of the things I like, too, is that a lot of characters have like little noises or music cues mm-hmm. or something that's unique to just them. And Tara has like this Western twang thing that plays when she shows up. Moment I saw it, I was like, I am. I'm not ready for this. I yeah. can't do this again. I get little chills just thinking about it because it's. One of the most emotional character arcs especially in a show geared towards a younger audience mm-hmm. it pulls no punches like you know it, it's not gruesome and graphic and how it describes its emotions but it's very very realistic and very very sad and also it's based on one of the best comic book story arcs of all time so yep. <laughs> that certainly doesn't hurt it and oh I'm for sure kind of surprised they went with it so soon actually if if, if anything well, I guess in terms of like, and we can talk more about this once we kind of like finish up all the seasons and we're kind of doing more of a overall look. But when you see like what seasons like three, four and five did, and especially what they're trying to set up in season five, I can see why they did this now. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, because it helps build up to, or, to all this. Uh, the stuff that happens in later seasons wouldn't be possible if they didn't do this arc when no. they did. No. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, like you probably could have made it like season three, I guess, like if you'd gone back and done a little bit of like re replanning. But yeah, I, I think it fits where it's at. I, I think it's really, really good in terms of like where they put it. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like you can see throughout like the episodes and the seasons that this was very much the plan. And oh, yeah, it were oh, it's so good. This I yeah, personally think season two is one of my top favorite seasons of the entire series. It's hard to argue against it because yeah. just like I said, just. And if if someone didn't like really grow up watching the series and like, let's say you're from listening to us talk about it, you go watch it on your own. This might not hit you the same way it does like Austin and myself, because it's like. You immediately I know for. For me, maybe it's the same for you, Austin. Like, you remember where you were as a kid when this first aired, and you're just like, oh no. Yeah. I'm going right back to where I was. <sighs> yeah, I remember watching it. I was at my grandma's house, and we were watching this tiny little TV, and this was still like, I think we had cable. I don't know. But all I remember was just seeing it and just being stunned because I was yeah. like, this is way different than other stuff I've watched on Cartoon Network. <laughs> yeah, and just and cuz just like with Tara cuz obviously they have they can't do the entire arc in a single episode. I mean, they could, but it would be terrible. Mm-hmm. So, it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it'd be terrible. But um so Tara shows up, and of course, if you see someone who's basically an earthbender, 
you kind of want her on your team because that's an insanely powerful person. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think sometimes people forget how powerful any elemental person is, whether it's wind, water, earth, fire, heart, wrong show. Um, <laughs> uh, like, so naturally they want to recruit her, but you know, her big secret is she can't really control her powers. If she goes, if she uses too much at once, she'll lose control. And when you control the earth, that can have really bad consequences for everyone around you. Right. And it's, you know, especially with like someone who has powers like that, this is such a great episode of showing like her emotional struggle with it. I mean, that is the plot, but Mm -hmm. you know, watching someone who like, I guess like when you think of someone who is gifted with something and you know, like a prodigy, like a musical prodigy or someone who's a really excellent athlete, I guarantee that they can watch this and just go, Oh my gosh, I've been there because it's, it's hard. Like, you know, granted you're not controlling earth and it's dangerous because you could hurt somebody, but Mm -hmm. the amount of pressure that you have on you to be better or to be someone who does something is just, it's very intense. And poor Tara, like the way that they wrote her character makes complete sense to me because they could have fallen into the trap of like, her being completely wrong like her just not being like a character that like has any rationale for why she's choosing not to trust them but oh it's they managed to create a perfect understanding of why she is the way she is why she doesn't trust people why Mm -hmm. you know she feels that people just only really want her for her powers and those trust issues are extremely prevalent throughout the series and they did change some elements of the Judas contract with this, which I'm really, really glad they did because one, it's not suitable for the show. And two, it's, it's gross. Um, yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. you probably know what I'm insinuating or implying. <laughs> and <laughs> you, you've read the Judas contract. It's an amazing, amazing story, but there's a certain part of it where I was like, I understand that this is supposed to be bad, but it still kind of makes me uncomfortable. And uh, yeah, yeah you, you know, Deathstroke right. and Tara's relationship in particular, but oh, for sure. And yeah, I, I will say I love the way because as we talked about in season one, season one's all about like, you know, Slade and why he's a big deal and his almost like obsession he has with taking down the Titans. So you get through the first I mean, we're on episode three and just the little thing they did where the Titans are talking to her and they're like, you know, being friendly with her and invite them, invite her back to their tower. And Slade just comes out of the shadows and goes, don't get too comfortable with her. Now I saw her first. And I know how to emotionally manipulate people because I'm a villain. Yeah. And, and I was like, <laughs> that's all that that's all you need to say. Like that's mm, less is more. And Slade is really good at that. Yep. He well, plus Ron Perlman just, encapsulates that character so perfectly but oh, he Slade plays a huge role in this and having him kind of like taunt her throughout the episode when they're fighting the Titans but he's like no 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 I'm here for you oh yeah he's like <laughs> I, I don't care about Robin anymore you're better yeah he's like Robin can't throw rocks or which is funny because Robin's like the most hated character by villains in the entire universe which I think is fun <laughs> I think it's so funny I think it's hilarious <laughs> like having him kind of be knocked down a couple pegs you know to showcase this character is fantastic oh yeah and 
and also the way they uh kind of start they plant the seed of what would be man the just rip your heart out while you're looking at it of planting the seed of the relationship between her and beast boy oh gosh because he immediately like basically it's a love at first sight sort of thing for him smitten he is smitten oh yeah and of course like we said before he's the youngest and i'm amazed because of how they drew her i'm assuming tara's probably about the same age as beast boy well, yeah, they're all the Teen Titans, so well, I, I, know I think that they like, fall within like the same two years. I want to say, well, I would say, but I was I always kind of guess that like Beast Boy, like the rest of them are like sixteen to eighteen, where Beast Boy is like maybe like fifteen. Probably, like he, I think he could be like an immature sixteen. That's fair too. I remember either how way at that time. Yeah. That's fair. E- either way, <laughs> <laughs> there. But Tara's but, really young, like Beast Boy yeah. is. She's on the same like yeah. It's like she's not like the on the older. She's not amongst the older, like Robin or Starfire. Emotionally but, um, immature too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she, she's laughing at his jokes, which all you gotta do to get Beast Boy to love you is laugh at his jokes as bad as they are. <laughs> that's all it takes. <laughs> yeah. Well, just that's a very teenager thing of, Oh, you laughed at my jokes. I love you. Which that's, is a funny that's thing. Some in realistic season, writing. Some, a funny thing in season five too, which I, I don't know if you remember that, but we'll, we'll get to that in there. But I remembered, when you brought that up, I was like, wait a minute. That reminds me of something. Uh, <laughs> I won't spoil it yet. We'll get there. But it has to do with Raven and right. um, which she's really important in this season. And I oh, forgot yeah. how crucial her entire character was to Tara, mm-hmm. especially. But, oh, man, when she takes off because like, you know, she admits that she can't control her powers and, you know, not yeah. that she needed to tell anyone because we're like, oh, yeah, like, how could we have known? <laughs> well, I think I think it was um, Robin makes the makes the uh, says it because she tells Beast Boy, hey, this is my big secret. Don't tell anyone that I struggle with powers. OK, mm-hmm. and, and he doesn't. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he is a true bro and keeps his word. But um, but Robin's Slater. too smart, bro. <laughs> exactly. That's why I was laughing. I was like, I, I mean, granted, Tara may not know who Robin is, but it's like, dude. He was trained by Batman. Of course, he's going to figure it out. Right. Plus, I honestly think that every other person was like, hey, uh, I, I don't think she can control her powers. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and it, it honestly, wasn't hard to discern. Well, yeah. I mean, that's part of like with it being a kid's cartoon as well. They can't. They have to make it clear where everyone can see it so that no one gets confused. But mm-hmm. also, like the way Robin told it to her, where he's just like, hey, you're there's you're rough around the edges, but there's real potential there. Like that's a compliment. Yeah. He was being nice to her, but the th- I also understood why she was like, I'm out and she ran off. Cause like it, it's probably been difficult for her and she feels like she can't trust anyone. So like, even without realizing that like beast boy had kept his mouth shut, she probably just was like, Oh, like, no, I, I can't yeah. be here. You guys know, I don't want you to know, like just dealing with that insecurity, especially is very like, it's just overwhelming. Oh, it- it, it's realistic because like like you said it's in the title teen titans mm-hmm. so insecurity and anxiety like those are <laughs> like yeah <laughs> huge when you're a teenager like uh, especially like how people perceive you is everything they start and, when you're a teenager and it only gets worse right <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about a cartoon right now not about our lives so <laughs> I, I know i know <laughs> i'm aware I don't need personal shots taken at me. I, it wasn't a shot at you. <laughs> but uh, it's just a fact, no, bro. <laughs> no, it's true. Uh, 
but the thing is too is that 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 shows like as you alluded to earlier like how slate is emotionally manipulating her because he's like oh yeah when the moment they find out that you can't control your powers they'll reject you Mm -hmm. or they'll see you as like some kind of like pet project and kind of right well i mean in that of course i mean they don't want the pet project thing is like well it's because they don't want her to level the city accidentally they have reasons it's like, hey, like we'll work with you because we don't want you to literally destroy everything in, in existence, please. Exactly. <laughs> but it was still great though, because like it's the perfect thing, especially for an adult that is more emotionally stable, uh, to plant in the head of a teenager to be like, hey, here's something for you to freak out about. So when she does freak out, she goes to him because he's like, no, no, I can provide everything you want. I can fix everything. And you're just like, but it's Slade. This is so much worse. I know. Well, he's, you know, this is a perfect example of gaslighting for anything. Oh man. It's heartbreaking. But a great episode. Oh oh, yeah. And that's only the, um, the teaser. Cause the things that teen Titans does, I do appreciate is like not every single, cause you know, the 13 episodes, not every single episode is, about Tara. No. They do say like they plant that seed like they like tell that little part, then they move on to something else. Yeah, I think there's like what another one, two, three, four. Oh, she's like four episodes. episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> she, no. she takes up, Yeah, exactly. And but she takes up her but she takes up enough of it to where he, season two is hers. Mm-hmm. But there's other stuff that happens. It's yeah. like there's side stories, and that's great. They kind of split it. I think that they were like trying to find a way to incorporate Starfire's development because it's like it's definitely Tara's season, but I noticed that they put a lot of time developing Starfire, especially like she right. played a hugely prominent role. Because if you look at the overall arcs of every season, it's you know, there, there's five seasons, but this one's more geared towards Tara. Three is Cyborg, four is Raven, five is Beast Boy. And she kind of she doesn't necessarily get a backseat, but she kind of has to share her growth and development with Tara. And I think they balanced it pretty well because I still feel like she had time to develop and grow as a character. And we got to experience more and more of what was going on with her. Well, that's why I'm I'm glad they have they have episodes like, for instance, well, uh, this one's more about Cyborg, the only human. Mm -hmm. And. It's talking about like how cyborgs convinced that because he's mostly robot now, he only has a certain, he has limitations that he cannot surpass. Well, only human. Yeah. Is, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> this so is I mean, but that's too. to your point of they, they'll have an episode where they help develop little tiny aspects of the, of the characters. Like for instance, like with this one with cyborg of the, like in season one, he had that episode where he discovered that the human part of him is is what makes him unique. Mm-hmm. This one is talking about just because he's robotic doesn't mean he can't constantly push himself like a human would. Right. Yeah. And yeah. also, uh, is this the one that has... Um, Keith David. The, that's right. The man Woo! himself. <laughs> he's so good. I oh. heard, I was like, how many legendary voice actors do they get for this show? Uh. Yes, <laughs> all of them, <laughs> every single one you could imagine. I yeah. re- I forgot that he was in this because this like th- 
I really did enjoy this episode. I, you know, especially as I got more and more into sports, I felt like I could relate to it and understand it more. And oh, for sure. Being able to like watch this and see him kind of like overcome like his limits fighting Keith David, which if you can beat Keith David, cool. Uh, Anything. <laughs> you are automatically the best. <laughs> which is it's so funny because like little little side note i've been watching community and i'm on season six. Oh lord um, yeah <laughs> my, my girlfriend and i have been watching it and i'm on season six and keith david becomes a like a main cast member in that season and i was like wait a minute oh my gosh i just watched you as atlas and it's so weird <laughs> like right. bouncing between like you know it's i'm like wait but he's also spawn and he but he's, he's also atlas. the arbiter he, oh stop he's everything it's gonna oh my brain's gonna also explode. i can't remember in saints row but he plays in three and four he plays one of the main characters i believe yeah i think so it's been a while since i played those games but yeah oh no, yeah but like he's, he's everywhere because he has such a iconic voice yeah his timbre is incredibly unique yeah that's why he doesn't have to change his voice at all he literally can just use the same speaking voice for everything <laughs> and we accept it and he sounds either calm like in, intense or completely erratic. And he's like, well, I didn't do anything. And they're like, Oh, Keith, you're so good. And you're so like, modest. No, I literally did nothing. Oh, li- look how humble he is. They just recorded his table read. <laughs> <laughs> just a cold read. Look as good as that dude, as good as that guy is. I wouldn't be shocked if like during a table read, they're just like, just do exactly that in the booth. I know. I like to imagine like a fan theory that like Atlas is actually Childs from the thing. And oh, Lord. he was the thing, but he got turned into a robot. And now he's <laughs> Atlas and he fights teenagers over video games in Jump City. Oh, my Lord. That just. OK. The best part about this is, is like this is in 2004. So like. Xbox Live is a fairly new thing. Oh gosh! Oh man! So, and this is original Xbox Live. The 360 is not out yet, and so online gaming hasn't become the mainstay it is now. So, these are one of those episodes where, like, watching a guy get so salty that he wants to go fight the person that beat him, strangely fits more now than it did then. I like even back then I was like, yeah, I guess I could see that if it's like a super villain. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just normal life. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I was saying. It, it, it fits more now. Oh, it's so like I almost didn't fully believe it. I was like, there's not enough F words and slurs that they hurl at like oh, yeah, every character between I mean. each other, you know, like them just like, oh yeah, you blah blah blah, blank, 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 and like mm-hmm. just talking major smack to each other. <laughs> like that's just yeah. looking at it now through the lens of an adult is like because everyone who knows, like Xbox Live chat rooms are not a good place. No. I, I'm just gonna go <laughs> ahead and you say will that learn right some now. words. They're not none of them are good, but you'll know what they are. Yeah, it's I can't believe we grew up with Xbox live chat rooms like I don't. Oh, my God. There are oh, just people are so horrible to each other. I've mm-hmm. heard so many horrible words. That's but why there's that's why there's times where I'm like I'll be doing auditions or something and people's like or whatever doing like a doing stuff. And people like will try, try to talk smack. I'm like, you can't hurt me. I played Halo two and three online. <laughs> I'm a gamer. <laughs> you can't, I've heard far worse. My skin is made of stone. Unless you <laughs> slightly change something that I care about from my childhood. And then I will cry. And 
Ow. Sticks and stones will hurt my bones, <laughs> but slight changes in something that I've grown up with will absolutely break me, is what I like to say. Either way, yeah. good episode. Definitely a great, like, just introspective look at, like, you know, not only Cyborg, but Vi- like Vic Stone as well. Just being able to push himself oh, yeah. and being an athlete and having him come out on top because, I guess, screaming, yes, oh. I can, will do it, which right. has actually been proven to be true. <laughs> oh yeah no, it, you can you can push yourself into the zone where like you suddenly are doing things that you normally could not do like you run a little bit faster you're a little bit stronger it, it's crazy yeah it's it's awesome and it's also just really inspiring too like for anyone out there who's probably watching it they're probably like i feel like i can like do this now yeah and that's it, cool yeah to, yeah and though and on the next episode okay two things about fear itself Two things. One, introduces one of the. We keep saying each psych villain, each minor villain is the best minor villain, but because they are, because <laughs> Control Freak is amazing. But also, this episode scared me as a kid. Dude, this episode scares me now. <laughs> <laughs> I write horror movies, and this episode freaked me out. This is a great example of how you can still do great things working within sensors. Absolutely. That's a great point. Yeah, because people are like, oh, well, not to derail, but it's like when people get mad of like Deadpool has to be rated R, otherwise it's not that like you couldn't make it work. It's called be creative. Fear itself made a legit scary mini horror movie with the censorship that comes with a kid show. Dude. <laughs> oh man watching and also control freak is great it's so funny because it goes from control freak who is amazing and kind of like not a full-blown villain because it's like he he almost is like and they address this later on like he, he's kind of a fanboy and i i, I like, like yes, it because the titans are here yes <laughs> he's like the guy's like he wants to be taken seriously and what I like about him is because other shows, they like to make fun of fanboys, fangirls, you know, super passionate fans, and they screw it up because, and the fans get just incensed, mm-hmm. and rightly so a lot of times because the joke they're not funny, like they're just being mean, and the and the attempts at jokes are very pointed insults. Mm-hmm. Control freak is kept vague enough. I mean, you can tell he's very clearly wearing Star Wars garb, but, uh. While making references to Star Trek and every other, I mean, I was half expecting him to make a Jarvis reference. Yeah. Just to see if Marvel <laughs> would get mad. And, uh, but they keep it vague enough without being specific to where even fanboys are like, ha, I get it. I get that. Like, okay, that's deserved. We, we, we earned that one. Right. It's not mean spirited. Like, cause the, the thing I guess that comes with like giving a hard time towards your audience and they do it again in, uh, season two of Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. but that one, I mean, that's a different day. Yeah. <laughs> I think that the way that they approach it is like, he's capable. He's kind of like overwhelmingly in love with the Titans, but he's, you know, going down the wrong path and like, he just wants respect and he's kind of a nerd and he loves everything. Like it kind of almost made me be invested in him more. Cause I was like, Hey, he kind of has that same weird thing that he does where he gets super invested in something that he loves way too much. Kind of like me. And <laughs> and, like, and that's the thing too. I think it's because it came from a place of like love. 
exactly yes exactly is a place of love of we get it there are super like so let's poke fun at it versus being mean about it mm-hmm. and it because like there's that moment when they're in the middle of a fight because control freak has no powers his whole gimmick is his remote without his remote he's useless yeah and but while this big fight's going on <laughs> There's that <laughs> moment where Beast Boy sees the cardboard cutout. Yep. And him yep. and Control Freak both start fanboying over yeah. it. And he's like, yeah, and it comes with the special features and everything. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, that's so per- that's a perfect opportunity that they took advantage of. Exactly. And, and, that, and that's how you know it's it's coming from a place of love and not mean-spirited. It's because they had moments like that. Right. Well, because Beast Boy's kind of like Control Freak sometimes. Oh, yeah. I mean, they and they talk about in later seasons where Beast Boy's like, I have wasted so much of my life in front of TV. I can fight this guy. You're like, <laughs> you just insulted yourself. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I like this. It, it's so funny. Like the tone difference in this entire, because at first you're like, who is this about? Exactly. And then you're like, oh, it's about Raven. And <laughs> the way and it that, takes that shift. Oh, from comedy to horror. horror. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up horror. And I remember watching it as a kid. I was like, what is going on? And mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, it kind of broke me a little bit. I like the first time I watched this, it was almost too much for me. And I can understand because like, you're like what oof. seven, eight. I was. Yeah, I was a child. I think I was almost I was seven at the time. I hadn't turned eight yet. And okay. watching well, yeah, this, I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this this for you was like the I can't remember, the, but there's a Batman Beyond episode that broke me. We're like, I can't oh, watch gosh. this anymore. Dude, Batman <laughs> Beyond scary too. Don't even get me started on that. I, <laughs> so I, I understand where you're, well, I'm saying. Like, I get where you're coming from. Like, I've had those moments. Yeah, I remember Batman Beyond. I used to watch that late night. That which, why did I do that? Why, why did I do this I mean, to myself? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's like, how did? Why did I, as a little kid, watch Invader Zim when he stole all the organs from kids and shoved it into his own body? And it's like what let's show that yeah let's show this to kids i don't (laughs) this is this world's crazy man but this episode like i mean the whole idea of it was that like raven was pretending that she wasn't scared and then she was projecting her fear and insecurity into monsters that looked like with the movie they had just watched Mm -hmm. so the whole time they were like well how is this happening and then robin figured it out and then it followed all the horror movie trip tropes it was so good because like Robin gets taken out set like Beast Boy goes out first. And of course, he's like, of course I did. I'm the funny one. And, <laughs> and, uh, like, of course, and of course, Robin gets taken out second because he figures it out. So, of course, he has to be immediately taken out. <laughs> and, and, and dude, the scariest one for me was how they took out Starfire. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that one. Like, I don't. Like just the idea of getting swallowed up by rats is not cool. This was a kid show. I don't. <laughs> this is crazy. This was like curled. This is like Courage the Cowardly Dog levels of traumatic. I don't. Agreed. Oh man, Agreed. dude. And like when the monster first pulled its cape off and it had like eyes all over it and mouths and like it was mm-hmm. all red. Like the only thing running through. My, like even watching it now, I was just like, how about no? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even take it. It was crazy. And I just, but it has an important message in there about being able to, you know, like confront your fears without like, it's okay to be afraid, but you have to confront your fears in a way that is healthy 
And you can't just bottle it up because it will find a way out, which is very much a theme with Raven. And I think this show is just like, <laughs> oh, get ready. You're not going to mm-hmm. like where this goes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, this is what she does when she bottles up emotion. How bad does this get? It's like, oh, just you wait. Yeah, she has her dad embedded in her head. So <laughs> you'll yeah. have fun. I had, I don't know. This is probably my favorite like side episode of the entire season. Maybe of the entire thing. I don't like, Oh, so well, just because it, it takes such a, it's a, it's almost a tale of like, not even two halves. Cause the control freak part doesn't even take up the first half of the episode. It takes up like the first eight minutes. Yeah. And then the rest of the episode takes this tonal. Well, they do gra- not gradually, but they do. Give that little middle part where before it just completely shifts. Yeah, it's kind of like you ever seen uh, from *Dust Till Dawn*. It has been a long time, but it, it's kind of like that where it's like you have one movie, and then halfway through you're like, "Oh my goodness!" Because for anyone who doesn't know, uh, from *Dust Till Dawn* is about these bank robbers who kidnap a family and have them take them across the border to Mexico. And like the first half of the movie, you're like, oh, this is just like a, you know, like a thrilling, like getaway movie. And then they get to a bar and it's full of vampires. And you're like, what? (laughs) Hold the phone. It's like this episode where it's like kind of a comedic, like, let's explore pop culture. Maybe it's, you know, control freaks just kind of playing games with people. And it just goes from like kind of comedy to full blown horror. Yeah. And I was just like, whoa. Hold on, but it was well done. I'll also oh, yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and that's why just to like as final thing, like for myself, if like just fear yourself, like just this is like the episode I want to show people when they start saying, like, oh, so and so is giving too many censors, they can't write good like horror or good comedy or good like watch this episode. Yeah. <laughs> you are now proven wrong. Just uh just take a glance over here, my guy. Yeah, I, <laughs> I loved it. I, it's probably one of my favorites. But well, my favorite side episode is this next one with of Date with Destiny. Really? Because it's so goofy. It, it's so it is goofy. pretty. Like I love that our introduction to Killer Moth is that he's being screamed at by his daughter. Yeah, he's <laughs> completely like just. I don't. I don't know how to put it. Like just wrapped around his daughter's finger. And you want to know? She basically funny, controls yeah. him. Yeah, she tells him what to do and he does it. And it's so funny because we hadn't really seen something quite like this in Teen Titans yet. Like most of the threats were like legitimate, actual like threats and like criminal yeah, and endeavors. On, and on their own, they didn't have somebody they didn't have like a sidekick or anything. This entire plot is literally hooked around the idea that if Robin doesn't take Killer Moth's daughter to prom, they will unleash I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. They'll unleash an army of killer moths on the city. And she has to, he, Robin has to pretend to be her boyfriend for a night. And it gets, that's not even the weird part of the whole episode. I know. (laughs) Are you seeing why I like this episode so much? I, I I do like it. I think it's just, she, Oh, once again, Tara Kitten. Strong gets dangerously close to Timmy Turner. Yeah, no, there there is that moment too. But oh my goodness, Kitten is Kitten oh. is something else, dude. She's one of the single most annoying villains I've ever met in my entire mm-hmm. life. And this is coming from the shame the same show that has Gizmo 
<laughs> right. No, she Gizmo looks like a saint compared to her. Yeah, like he he can be annoying, but like Kitten is literally like a screaming pest. But they also use it in a way that's kind of funny. So- <laughs> oh yeah. Well, the difference is like Gizmo at least has his like is useful. Yeah. She's just a screaming child. Yeah, she's just a spoiled brat. And yeah. whose dad, by the way, I don't know if you knew this, but you know who voices Killer Moth? No. It's Thomas Hayden Church. <laughs> and I was like, because the whole time I was like, I recognize his voice, but I can't understand why I don't know who it is. It's Thomas oh, Hayden man. Church, bro. Man, it's like when I recognize Will Friedle's voice. I was like, wait, young Terry McGinnis is in this? I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? what? Like young Terry? Time. It's crazy. And oh, the, oh and, the, and the best part about it is because, you know, we've been talking about how with other episodes, they hint at like, you know, Raven and her emotions, Cyborg and him dealing with being, in, you know, part robot. This is the first episode that, I mean, they've been hinting at obviously that Starfire and Robin have a, have an attraction to each other. Yeah. This is the episode that is like, we're going to drive this point home to the point that like, yeah, if where you she's don't screaming. get it after this episode, there's something wrong with you. The animations that they use in this are some of the best. I'll, I'll give them that. While I, <laughs> I do understandably find some of the characters annoying in the intended sense that they're supposed to be. I also love these, like Starfire's anger. Yeah. And I also, Dude. it's funny because they also had her use her eyes. Like she shot lasers out of her eyes before she actually got the ability to in the next episode, which is hilarious. But yeah. well, I guess you could argue that she was just so uh, salty. Yeah, yeah, she was so <laughs> bitter that Robin was being forced to go out with another girl who he clearly did hilarious. not want to go with. Exactly. That's the best part. <laughs> he is clearly miserable. He's like, I don't want to be here. And she's like, <sighs> which is like the whole time I was like, oh, my gosh, especially like after having like been dating people for so long, I was like, this is realistic. this is so realistic because once again because some people might be like well that's stupid like he's clearly miserable why is she so angry they're teenagers this is how they deal with complex emotions yeah when people don't know how to express their emotions this is basically the answer that you get and it's amazing Uh, i just (laughs) i just wait i was like starfire's gonna like shank kitty I'm just waiting for it. Oh my. And it happened and it was amazing. (laughs) And I was laughing so hard because at the beginning of the episode, you're like, Hey, there's this, uh, there's a bank robber who is a spider. It's like a normal dude, but he has a spider for a head and it walks him around by. So he's like swinging around like a rag doll, (laughs) which is hilarious. It's so funny. (laughs) Like that rag doll thing keeps me from being freaked out. Yeah. Like they had him in the beginning. I was like, why did they bring him on? And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. Like, you're kind of like putting the pieces together. You're like, Fang? Her old boyfriend's called Fang? And then he mm-hmm. shows up, and oh that's her Lord. boyfriend. And I was like, <laughs> She was there to make him jealous the whole time. And Robin's like, that's your boyfriend? <laughs> like, are you serious? He's like, I've been putting up with this They'll be putting up with this stupid stuff for that. <laughs> and Fang is like storming into the prom, like with his limbs flailing around. And he's like, get your hands off my girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh this episode's amazing. And this is I also like the episode where we meet Silky. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's yeah. in the unofficial introduction. Yeah, that's true. And just, 
once again, it's it's kind of like a Beast Boy with the dog. It's very much a uh, this and the next. Like these are kind of like the more comedic episodes because with because they knew the season's going to end on heartbreak, so they had to make you laugh in the in the in the in between. And this yeah. episode definitely did that. Right. And it, it pushed it a little bit kind of to see how far they could push it. I noticed that they didn't have anything quite on this level in later episodes. True. Though I got to laugh how Robin pulls a freaking Ricky Bobby, which is ripping off his tux and his full <laughs> outfit is underneath. it. I screamed. I'm so glad that you noticed that I was screaming, laughing. <laughs> I like Starfire, like, even though it's very clear, she's only just wearing that dress with like heels on somehow melts her dress. And you're like, Oh, this is about to, Oh, she's in her full outfit somehow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> very, very different from the comic version of Starfire, which I'm sure we will talk about because I've been reading the new teen Titans and Starfire mm-hmm. is so different <laughs> in a way Are that I there? understand that they couldn't have made her comic book accurate, <laughs> which, but yeah. And to like an so we'll talk about it more later, but it's just because of how popular the show is, it's like, it's a weird thing they're having to now juggle of comic book accurate versus how she's portrayed here. And I, I think they capture the spirit of it well enough. And especially like in this next episode, um, yes. a, a lot Which, of about what, you know, she struggles with as a, as a person and you know what her insecurities are because this, Oh, this episode kind of crazy. <laughs> basically puberty and yes. poor Starfire. Like she is basically going through puberty in her Tamaranian life cycle. And yes. it's very different. Well, not very different, but it, it is different from like human puberty. It's an over exaggerate. It's like a take what you, normal people go through through puberty, r- like ramp it up to 15. Yeah. And you get what she's dealing with. Right. And like she thinks that people are laughing at her when in reality it's they're all just like, okay. Like it's normal. Yeah, it's like, like Raven literally says, because she has the the giant bump on her head that's kind of like a horn, and she mm-hmm. shows it to Raven, and she's like, "What you may see will shock you." And then she shows her, and she's like, "Dude, it's a zit. Everyone gets them. It's fine." And she's like, "Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, I guess." <laughs> and she has that moment where she feels good. She's like, "Oh, this is normal." Then she starts getting scales, and you're like, "Oh, that's not normal." Yeah, and tusks and all the other stuff, and you're like, "Wait a minute." But and she gets hobbit feet because that was a thing. Right. This is strange. <laughs> Just to put her in a cocoon. This is so weird. But <laughs> they have her like she leaves because she's embarrassed in the middle of a fight. And she thought everyone was laughing at him. But they're all just like, are you OK? Like, is everything fine? And mm-hmm. she almost gets eaten, which is crazy. That dude, that scared me too. Like, <laughs> this whole right? episode, like, I know. Okay, we're not even talking about the strangest part of this whole episode that it's being framed like a Christmas story. Glad you said that. <laughs> That's the weirdest part of this whole thing. I'm so glad you pointed that out. <laughs> Why is this being framed like a Christmas story? Ugh. Oh, I don't know. This is a weird episode, but it's also a really with good like, one. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic, but it's like complete with the like nice, full of bass narrator voice. I like, I know that guy had a wonderful voice, <laughs> very soothing. Yeah, which is just 
I mean, good. I, this is proof that literally Cartoon Network was like, hey, make these episodes however you want. Mm-hmm. And they went, we're oh, going to we make will. you almost maybe regret letting us do that. <laughs> Creative freedom. <laughs> you, sh- uh, you know what? I'm going to I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to open my mouth <laughs> and ruin this. But oh, man. It, it was great. great Go ahead. Because to your point of in the previous episode, where she uses her eye lasers when she she finds out, like you said, this is normal, but apparently hers was a little more extreme because mm-hmm. she points out that her sister Blackfire, she just turned purple for a couple of days and that's it. She didn't have all these other crazy things happening. Yeah. And, but when it's over, she can now blast, you know, beams from her eyes. And I guess you could say she, I, it seems like she got stronger because I saw her doing yeah. some of her more ridiculous feats of strength after this episode. Yeah, well, I think even after, like in later seasons, she's shown to be like significantly stronger, like even stronger than Cyborg. Like she's just like throwing stuff around. Oh, yeah. Like he's struggling and she's using like one hand. Yeah, she's like juggling like 20 different of these like giant mechanical plates. Like she's the strongest right. Titan in terms of like physical strength, I think, which. Oh, yeah. She should be. Uh- <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's accurate. Oh, what a great episode, though, because like that, like for me, like I rewatched that when I you know, started becoming an adult and like started growing up into a person like in middle school and it made me feel better. It was like, yeah, you may struggle a little bit. You may, you may feel like disgusting and gross, but like, you know, the reality of it is, is that like, it's, it's normal. Everyone goes through stuff like this in their own different ways. And that's one of those things. We'll definitely talk more about this. Like for me personally, like when we get to season three, there's a couple of episodes that I'm just like, as an adult, I was like, I needed to hear this. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. This, a lot of this stuff, I was like, yep, this still applies. I still appreciate this. And that's definitely one of them. And what a a good episode. Plus, scary villain, too. Scary villain with a lot of like basically an allegory for puberty, all framed like a Christmas story. It's a lot to take in. It's, I love this show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love, love, love this show. Either way. All right, let's now, get back to the the brutal stuff. Uh, um, yeah, I know it's like they they give you a few episodes to be like you're laughing but scared, but mostly laughing, and we go right back to the gut punches. Yeah, Titans rising, Tara's back, and better than ever. Truly, <laughs> because really, she actually has full control of her powers. Right, and they're like, "Where did you learn that?" And she's like, "Nothing." <laughs> like, it's like, hey, you know, there's kind of some people that want to like control you so did they help you shut up hey don't ask questions that's not just your be, job <laughs> just be happy i know what i'm doing and it's like Ugh. okay sure yeah was, i don't know this was a crazy episode because like on one hand it was good to see her back but then i also remember that we were eight episodes in and i was like oh here we go mm-hmm. I am <laughs> we've had our fun and games this. it's time for yeah it's time to get to the point of the season who man i don't know this was a good episode i mean everything from this point forward is incredibly strong and Mm -hmm. having tara come back and remind you like oh yeah it's about me don't forget (laughs) oh yeah it's true in case you had for and just once again like further exploring her relationship with beast boy because once again he's like oh she's back she doesn't hate me i can make this work and poor beast boy uh, man i will get there just let me I'm, I'm building up the the wall so I can be ready for this. 
But um, just the way they embrace her, because she's shocked that after she basically storms off, they're just, you know, arms wide open. I mean, they are reluctant at first. They're like, hey, we want to make sure you're not just going to basically throw another temper tantrum and leave us again. Mm-hmm. So are you cool this time? And she proves it. Yeah. And they give her her own room. It's like themed, which I'm like, stop it. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're hurting my feelings. <laughs> and especially like her conflict with Raven too, the whole time. I, because like Raven has a right to be like, dude, I don't trust you like at all. Yeah. And, especially because with the way she works of like, because that's how Raven is. If she doesn't keep her feelings in control, bad things happen. So she understands Tara. Yeah. She, it's interesting because she doesn't like her and is trying to try and like her, but -hmm. like her trust issues are kind of preventing that because she wants to, but she's also like, dude, like you've given me no reason to think that you are capable of handling any of this. Yeah. All of her red flags have gone off. Right. She's like, why would I trust you, dude? (laughs) Like I have Mm -hmm. no reason to. And it's interesting kind of watching that relationship develop and how she, in her own way, kind of warms up to her. You know, they're not like, Hey, you want to go to the mall? But like, they're, they're cool with each other. They're able to kind of like joke and work together and be a team. And Mm -hmm. it just makes it more difficult when you realize at the end of the episode that she'd gone fully evil. (laughs) I know. Take them down from the inside. A very death stroke move. Oh, it's, it's brutal. I can't even though, though, to your point of like, like I do agree this next episode is strong, but it's like the final funny episode mm-hmm. or like not funny, but like fun episode before we get to the heartbreak. Well, there was another one in there. <laughs> there, there was another one, but I, I think we're, you know, after betrayal, there was a, oh, another. Episode. I see. Sorry. You're right. I just yeah. looked. No, but it, it feels like the whole thing's heartbreaking, but <laughs> we but have winner uh, take all. Is great. <laughs> yeah. The the winner take all is very interesting. I who is that guy's voice? Why can't I remember his name? I don't I don't know, but I will say uh uh it was great because <laughs> obviously Teen Titans takes a lot of cues from anime in terms of like anim what they do with like the weird like the random changes of like the way their faces change shape and do like to show emotion and whatnot. And I love because people like to critique anime that when they're running out of ideas, they'll just do a tournament arc. <laughs> <laughs> so Team Titans is like, hey, we'll just dedicate a whole episode to it. Why not? <laughs> Wait, they they did in a good way. I, I kind of liked the because it introduced us to like Wildebeest and Speedy and, yes. you know, had Aqualad come back and he and mm-hmm. Beast Boy are all psyched to see each other, which I thought was funny. That's character um, growth right there. Yeah. Good friends. I know. Well, like even at the end of the episode where they first butted heads, like they became buddies. And from that point forward, they were always tight. It's right. just funny seeing that. And like this one, especially like I remember really relating to this one just because I was like, gosh, like I understand Robin so much because he's so competitive and he yep. wants to be so good at everything he does. And he just takes it a little too far sometimes. And it can it can lead to trust issues like when Cyborg is trying to warn you about you know, the master of games is actually a bad person. <laughs> and Robin, who apparently sleeps in full uniform, 
because this show is weird. <laughs> um, Everyone sleeps in full uniform. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I know. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> mask and all. Like, he doesn't even have, like, I thought it would have been hilarious if he had, like, a PJ version of his mask. I like to think that one of those episodes from season five is a photo of him without his mask. We'll get to that. But oh, well, <laughs> you know which one I'm talking about. No, that's a good. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't think that's a good point. There's but a yes. lot of ideas. That's my favorite one, even though it's probably not what was intended. <laughs> but either way, th- this is a good one. I is relatively it was weird because Tara did show back up. But she also wasn't in Titan's Tower playing cards with them to begin with, which I thought was strange. Uh, Yeah, but I also know she's kind of a loner. So I was like, pardon me. I mean, I I agree with you. It's weird for sake of like continuity. mm -hmm. But at the same time, like. It kind of also does fit her character. Like, it's one of those things of like you, you can justify it, but still a weird choice they made. Yeah, like I'm not mad. I'm just like, oh, like, okay, I guess that's how they kind of keep her in the background with how having her take up too much time and space yeah and, and also just to remind you yeah she's still here oh yeah. she and she reminds us because oh my goodness i <laughs> like oh oh betrayal oh betrayal that one hurt a this lot this is the one they go on the date right this is the one where they go on a date and she's like she wants to but she's also trying not to because she's like i'm gonna break your heart and beast boy just and- trying and so she, hard and i know and she does the okay for those that okay tara is basically she has been downloading all of the titan schematics and stuff to basically give slade the skeleton key to the tower and to where he can show up with a giant army and just wreck shop and like you're saying she's struggling because beast boys who that man's putting in work trying to get her on a date and uh she finally agrees because she's struggling. She's like, you're going to hate me when you realize what I'm doing. But she's like, wait, but if I take him on this day, he might get spared. Yeah, that's and not the case. <laughs> I know of course, it's Slay. He spares nobody. But um, but it, it, that's the thing. A teenage, like when you're trying to wrestle with something complicated, you're going to make an irrational decision of like, well, surely this super evil guy will see my side of things. And she, that's, you know, it shows how much she's been, you know, so mistreated and so manipulated mm-hmm. and gaslit and abused. And it's so sad, dude, because it's like I want to be more angry with her, but I also understand the oh, dynamics man. of what got her there in the first place. So it's like it's not really her so much as it is what has been done to her. And like, yeah, she's responsible for a lot of her actions, but it's still really difficult to watch because it's like you see her bonding with beast boy and growing more and more fond of him over time and falling for him. Like, like he was a genuine, like a genuine connection is made and that just makes it all the more heartbreaking. Yeah. And Slade's just like, nah, (laughs) yeah, I actually, there's a part of me thinking Slade's like, Oh, this will work. Cause once her heart's broken, now she's mine, which I think was actually kind of part of his plan. I, I think the main, because the thing was, is he didn't, really use all their schematics for the tower it was more of just i think he was just doing it to get tara further and further locked into the mission yeah to be a because i guess he could, to put it in an overview it's like he learned from his mistake with robin of like just trying to like 
basically extort him into being an apprentice. Yeah. He's like, now I'm going to try this new method where I just mentally and emotionally break a person to where they will just obey me at all times. Yeah. And, and turn them just, against them. Oh yeah. And, <clears throat> and he doesn't, if that, with that in mind, it's like, it's the plan was perfect then. And yeah. I, as a teen or yeah, 12. And then when I would watch the reruns in like junior high and high school, like I hated, I had that moment of like where I hated terror during this episode. But as yeah. an adult, I get what you're saying of like, you just, you're not, it's not hatred. You just feel bad of like, oh, she's, she's trying to navigate an unwinnable situation. Right. And it's frustrating because like, and I just, she's so, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause there, there's no winning. It's like, it's like, sorry, you literally made a deal with, you made a deal with the devil and now you got to, it's time to cash in. You hurt people you cared about and there's not really going back from that point because even as a kid, I especially was like so mad about the whole thing, but I also was heartbroken. And especially now I'm just like, dude, uh -huh. like because you can see from brutal. both sides now. Yeah, because yes. it's she's such a well-written character being able to see her journey and go. I adore you. I hate you. I understand you. And it's just this <laughs> mix of emotions where you're like, oh, like. Mm -hmm. it's it's a lot and oh. this episode like it showed how fragile beast boy was because like the poor dude can't catch a break like he fell in love for the first time and you know having a first love and then having that ripped away from you like that it's just not cool yeah at the very oh my gosh was it this one where he's on no it's an it's at the it's a season in something when he's on there when he's like as the dog because yeah, because this is the episode where he gives her that like heart container. Yep. That, like, mm -hmm. and this at the very the end, just when he's the bloodhound and he's just laying around it, whimpering. I'm just like, dang yeah. it, man. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty brutal, man. I remember, and he was kicking all the mirrors in the the house trying to get to Slade, and like she's trying to explain herself, and he's like, dude, there's no explaining to me. Like, uh, <laughs> you, you betrayed me, and you're trying to kill my friends, and you allied yourself with like the worst person possible right you literally allied yourself with our arch nemesis and then you're like but wait and it, it's brutal and it's so weird because the next episode after this has <laughs> larry i don't like it. larry who is it's <laughs> weird because i actually kind of like larry and i don't no, larry's great i i was just so baffled because when i first saw his animation i was like absolutely not <laughs> oh, no well, way <laughs> well larry's not his original okay so basically robin breaks his arm or yeah breaks his arm uh trying to uh go after the guy named johnny rancid who is played is by most, henry rollins by the way <laughs> which is the most b movie villain name ever but um <laughs> uh and so robin and of course it's funny because the the, the series makes you think because of how overly competitive robin is you're thinking oh he's about to we're about to do the whole thing where he like uh the team is telling him hey don't go out there you'll hurt yourself more but he says no no and robin goes no i'm cool i'll just heal up yeah and you're like you're not gonna try and be like crazy nope and <laughs> then we get 
Well, his name's not initially Larry. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's Dick Grayson backwards. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to call him Larry, dude. Yeah, because he says his name, and then you see it flash across, and then when you see it flash behind him, it spells out Dick Grayson. I was dying. Yeah, it's it, the funny little ways of like, we're not going to call him Dick Grayson, but we're going to show you every other single aspect of it. Oh, you mean like when they first call him Larry? He's like, Larry! Larry. There's your like comic book drawn Robin. Larry. <laughs> Larry. I had, <laughs> this character could have been really annoying, but I'm so glad that he wasn't, even though he was a little over the top. And he had a magical yeah. finger, and he almost couldn't reset everything. And I just, He's a fourth so dimensional being, so it's, he's right up there with... He's right up there with Batmite and Mr. Mixoplex. It, yeah, that, that's a good way to put it is he's kind of there and they're not mean spirited towards him, which I appreciated because I was worried that they're going to use this character as like the butt of a joke. No, and he's a huge fanboy. Yeah, he's a fanboy who's also incredibly helpful for what they're doing. <laughs> oh, can we I just want to point out one thing. I when I saw Fractured, I couldn't remember what it was about because I didn't read the uh, description. Mm-hmm. So when it started playing the theme and Larry's the one singing it. Oh, that threw me off so hard. <laughs> I, I, I was dying. Not expecting that in any way, shape or form. And I was like, <laughs> wait, what? No. <laughs> and when, and when Yami, Puffy Yami Yumi started singing, they sounded like they were annoyed. Oh my gosh. I keep I forgetting like, that. The little touches. <laughs> I'm just like, that's attention to detail. I love uh, it's the little things and this show does the little things perfectly. I, <laughs> but yeah, it was just, it, and, uh, of course, Larry wants to fix Robin up with his magic finger, but you turn out, turns out Larry is more of a, uh, I guess the pe- best way to describe him is he is chaotic. Good. Yeah. <laughs> like he wants to do the right thing. He's just not very good at it. No, and, he, he does his best. Okay. Exactly. He is the <laughs> meme of what is he doing? his best <laughs> you leave him alone he's doing his best okay exactly once again like i said especially as i'm now that i'm older i did find larry a little obnoxious when i was younger but now i just i'm like you're adorable and, yeah uh, i know kids probably loved that and like as an adult like i almost wanted to roll my eyes and then i was like wait i am sitting here watching this show so oh, yeah. <laughs> give and it course, a chance and typical when you're dealing with the for people who've never read comics or like red cars that had fourth dimensional beings, something always goes seriously wrong. It's oh, a staple. <laughs> yeah. Cause Larry and Robin start fighting and it breaks his magic finger, which just throws off the entire world. And it turns it into, well, cyborg described it best when he's like, why does the world look like it deserves to be on my grandma's fridge? It's <laughs> a great line actually. <laughs> oh, and it's all like badly drawn. Like, well, not bad. Like, a kindergartner did it with crayons, which is badly drawn. They're not yeah. gonna, kids aren't going to hear this and be like, I'm offended. Yeah. <laughs> but I loved it because they even had like a little musical number as they're going through the world, dealing with everything. And my favorite part when they're running from the T-Rex and they had the little cutouts on popsicle sticks. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my gosh, they lost the budget. <laughs> oh, it was it was fantastic. I, I don't know. That episode definitely grew on me over time because as a kid, I was kind of like, yeah, whatever. And then watching well, it now, I can kind of appreciate it more. Yeah, especially when it comes after betrayal. So it's like your immediate thing is you want the follow up to Tara and then you're given this. Yeah, it's like I want to know what happens next in this Judas contract arc. And then the animators are like, 
No, you get Larry. <laughs> and I kind of appreciate that. Oh, no, it's true. I mean, it's to put it in like pro wrestling terms. It's like when you're doing a match card, like you need the what they call the let me up match. Mm-hmm. When you're in between two big time matches or two very emotional matches. Right. This is exactly what Larry is. It's to kind of like let you up. So that way you're not. You don't decide to go full Raven and go lock yourself away in a room reading books all day. Yeah. Which, oh man, we, I'm ready to talk about future stuff with Raven. Cause this is so good. Oh I, yeah. Of course. Oh, oh man. It's so good. Cr- speaking oh. of Raven, <laughs> speaking of Raven, when Johnny Rancid, uh, discovers like where the beam is, that's control that turned the world into, you know, Crayola art. Uh, he jumps into it and it just turns into the most edgy world imaginable. And it's Raven's like shadow. Like, it's like shadow, oh. the hedgehog. No, and he looks like a Kuma from street fighter. So like, funny. And, and everyone's like, we got to turn this back. And Raven's like, I actually like this. She's like, hold and he on. Like, stare at her. <laughs> and he, I'm like, Oh no, wait, let's turn it back. Uh, oh gosh. I've quickly realized over time that I'm Raven. <laughs> in every aspect of the sense and uh yeah this was this was an interesting episode and it was nice to see henry, henry rollins um who do you know you know who henry rollins is right yeah i'm familiar with him okay cool i was like i, I can tell you if you don't it's not a big deal <laughs> no it's fine i mean i just it's not a name i'm super familiar with i just know i've heard it and i like have a base knowledge yeah black flag henry rollins band that's right thank you see uh, uh sons of anarchy for a little bit he's mm-hmm. he's great um which, yeah which makes him perfect to play johnny rancid because he has the voice for it oh he probably saw it and he was like please let me do this <laughs> <laughs> i am this character <laughs> this is very much my shtick and yeah. uh, it's it's a great little lighten up i kind of like johnny rancid though he he's fun he's yeah it's fun another villain. character of like he's not i mean as uh, mysterio put it in the mcu he's not an avengers level threat yeah <laughs> but he uh He's intimidating. He he has his own level of like, I guess you say like a uh, threat mm. and yeah, he works for what he is. Yeah. They, they utilize him very well and okay. Let's I talk know. about aftershock. I <laughs> oh, I don't want to, <laughs> oh, I don't want to getting emotional. Just thinking about just looking at the picture because it shows Tara in the full slate outfit i'm just like but just to add salt on the wound because slate is that kind of villain uh he gets overload cinder block and plasmas to basically be his foot soldiers which is one heck of a foot soldier team yeah if those are your your b guys you're screwed (laughs) yeah (laughs) wow it's like yeah if those are your pawns then i'm good lord that's like Magneto being like, yeah, Juggernaut's my lowest level guy. Pardon? <laughs> <gasps> it's the Juggernaut. <laughs> right. Oh, but, um, I love it. Dude, this is uh, the level of like overwhelming like gloom that takes on and, this episode is just really, really grim. And despair and just like, because Slade tells, because part of the schematics I guess he got was like, in a very, I'd like to think he got this from Robin's computer of like how to take down each of the Titans. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, that, that would be fitting. Cause you know, Batman with, you know, tower of Babel, it is the so, Judas contract too. That is true. kind of the whole thing about it. 
Yeah, and um, just the way Terra systematically takes down each person. Well, kind of just knocks Star, kind of just knocks Starfire like out, of, you know, for a home run. But the way she goes after Peace Boy Robin and uh, Raven, especially Raven. Oh my oh gosh, my that God. was vicious. Yeah, that was that was the meanest one because that was the most like outside of Beast Boy. That one was probably the most emotionally charged. Oh yeah, because Raven just loses. Because Slade's like, yeah, you had to make her lose her temper. She'll be more powerful, but she's reckless. Yeah, and he and, was right. <laughs> yeah, and oh. just when she's screaming at him when she's screaming at her, goes like, I trusted you. We all trusted you. And Tara's just like, as she's being dragged into the mud, Tara's just walking down with the little stones. Nice touch. And just looking at her going, how does it feel to be beaten by me? Someone you trusted. Ouch. I'm just like, <laughs> ouch. Like, I just think of that Vince Vaughn line where he's just like, I am not afraid to hit a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was, She'd she'd gone full blown villain at that point, but you could kind of see little traces of who she was before that. Well, because she hesitates with uh, Beast Boy. Yeah, she doesn't want to. He's like, do it, and she's like, okay. And (laughs) yeah, of course, once again, I mean, to your credit, we talked about this in the last episode. Robin's the last man standing. As always, the one with no powers (laughs) is the one who's like, I'm still alive. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I (laughs) I love it. I love Robin and I love the way they write Robin, but it's so funny because it's just like, even if it's not intentional, like it makes sense because he's the leader. He's probably going to be the last one. Just because how resourceful he is, not because he's so powerful. Right. He's essentially Batman in a lot of ways. And Batman with prep time always has a plan. (laughs) (laughs) I said it. I said it. Uh, Well, it's also because you're going to go after the major hitters first. It's like, Justice League, you're gonna hit Superman, Superman. Wonder Woman, yeah, and Wonder Woman and Flash first because you're an idiot if you don't. Yeah, it's <laughs> or or Green Lantern. Green true. La- no, no, you're right. You're right. He's like, the, and my yeah. Martian Manhunter. Like you have to hit those guys first, otherwise you're an idiot. Yeah, well, Martian Manhunter is incredibly powerful for someone who can get taken down with fire. So yeah, I mean, like, I like Martian Manhunter, but I don't like that his weakness is something that I could literally create at Boy Scout camp. I like that's just me. It's a side note, but I know, but anyway, but like, but to that, the same thing with like Teen Titans, it's like you need to take down Raven and Starfire first, mm-hmm. absolutely dismantle Cyborg. Beast Boy is gonna hesitate because it's you, and they'll leave Robin all by himself. Yeah, and he still almost managed to pull off the upset, <laughs> which was kind of crazy, but I also very believable. That was sad. That whole oh, episode man. was heartbreaking. That was. And at the very end, when they're underground, which made a little sense to me, I'm like, okay, I get how like Robin and Beast Boy got there. How'd the others get there? Doesn't matter. They're there. Exactly. But <laughs> um, it kind of pulled an anime moment where you're just like, what? You're like, but, what? Um, oh. oh, okay. <laughs> but they, they have that moment where I'm assuming it's a spot that they found to like hide. Mm-hmm. So they didn't get actually, when they realized Terra's not above murder now. Yeah. And, um, they have that moment where they're like, so what do we do? And Robin just stared. Cause I guess they thought Robin died mm-hmm. and he just comes up all battered and like barely hanging on. And he's like, we treat her as a threat. And they're yeah. like, what does that mean? He goes, it means we take her down. Dude, it no was matter what blooded. it takes. It was cold blooded yeah. the way that they had that. Oh my gosh. It was mm. even as a kid, I was like, wow, this is kind of dark. And I was like, 
Oh, yeah. You got the Titans to take you. We kind of learned when they take you seriously, they're scary. Well, yeah. Well, like even when they take people like when they just work together, it's like because and you see it in later episodes, especially with Beast Boy, like when he doesn't mess around, like he's actually kind of frightening. And oh, yeah. <laughs> like, there's certain episodes where I was like, whoa, <laughs> I don't remember mm-hmm. that. And the way that they approach Tara in the next episode in the ser- the season finale kind of frightening and you can see it in her face too because like it starts off with her talking about like she's like i've done terrible things and like betrayed my friends and i don't regret any of it and then Mm -hmm. almost immediately leads into her getting a whoop like just getting whooped and oh yeah when she realized the titans are not (laughs) messing around now yeah try to murder them she's like oh wait this isn't one-on-one anymore and they're just throwing down with her and frankly like if slade hadn't intervened they probably would have beaten her and oh yeah and of course, I love how Slade's like, why are they still alive? Yeah, she's like, didn't didn't you kill them? And she's like, I thought I did. And then they came back. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, it's just a mistake. And <laughs> like, especially with Beast Boy, like when he she was like, Beast Boy, it's me. And he's just like not falling for that. Nope. Oh, my gosh. And like they had like to said, literally send an army in order to stop them from just taking her down. I was like, geez. <laughs> well, you could see you could see the uh, cracks in the armor because as she's going down the streets, which. It annoyed me a tiny bit because I would have loved to see an episode where Tara fights Mumbo. Me. Oh, my gosh. Me, too. That would like, been perfect. Come on. Just so me. it's like <laughs> I, I it's like I get it because it's showing like it kind of shows like a lived in world that there's stuff happening that we don't see, right. which is cool. But there's also a part of me going, I would have liked to have actually seen this. Like it's not, instead of being exposition, it's a flashback. Yeah, but, I can see that. But, um, but yeah, so you see the, the cracks in the armor. Cause she's starting to realize like, Oh, I just, I guess she thought she murdered them. Uh, that and she's she like, not cut out for this. <laughs> yeah, she's quickly realizing, unlike Slade, she has a heart. Right. She's made mistakes, but she's still, you know, there's a reason that she was a Titan at one point. Yeah. And that's why she, I believe, was hesitating so much when the Titans showed up to fight her. Because now that she's like being hit by all the memories and the remorse is starting to kick in. Because she said she had no remorse. That's a lie. Um, lie detector test determined. That was a lie. <laughs> Broad. But um, that's why she was holding back and stuff and realizing. I think it ho- it really showed like. It showed her the gravity of how much she screwed up. Yeah. She got these people that welcomed her as family. Willing to put her in the ground. And ready to. Yeah, <laughs> they were ready, trying to. And able. <laughs> they were like, I'll do it. Even Starfire was like, bro, I'll kill her. I don't know. <laughs> right? Raven was I like, you don't have to ask me twice. <laughs> oh, it was crazy. And then having like the crazy thing was like when Slade, when she got back to Slade and Slade hit her, I was like, <gasps> like oh, yeah, dude. Ooh. That for a kid show, you don't expect that. No, th- this show was jarring. This show, like, no pun intended, didn't pull any punches. And yeah. having that kind of abuse just on screen was really just well, one eye opening, especially for me as a kid. I was like, <gasps> and yeah. when she tried to go back on her promise and he was like, dude, you can't like that suit is literally like attached to your skin. Like you're a part of me now and there's nothing you can do to change that. Mm-hmm. 
Because he's like, I had a feeling in case you, uh, he's like, in case you suddenly grew a conscience again, I had a backup plan for that. Oh, he's like Batman, except evil. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, that was, and, that was heartbreaking. And then having Beast Boy fight her and the whole time okay. she's like, no, like you could see uh, it they, changing. Uh, yeah. And you can see them like they started holding back because you literally see her throwing punches at him as she's crying. Yeah. Like oh. tears are rolling down her face. And that's when Beast Boy's like, oh, you're not, you're not wanting to do this. Yeah. Well, she kind of was. And then very quickly was like, oops. And oh, it too little too late. But he, you know, Beast Boy still saw the good in her because he loved her. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That dude, it's bringing me. It's <laughs> my eyes are sweating. My eyes are sweating. They, <laughs> yeah, I just, oh, that ending. Yeah. So just to kind of lay it out before so we don't just talk around it. Uh, she keeps using her powers. Of course, Slay's forcing her to use her powers. And obviously when you're doing earth, essentially, you know, earth bending, it's causing seismic waves and lava starting to come in. And it's like, dude, I guess jump city is over an active volcano or something. Jump but, city is the most dangerous city in America. I know when you, <laughs> when you caught Bloodhaven, you've done something wrong. <laughs> no, it's like well i don't know i mean i guess it was accurate it is based on san francisco so the whole earthquake thing i was like yeah i i guess that's kind of accurate like you know northern right. california is known for its earthquakes right and, and, oh. and they're, they're also super deep underground so magma and lava showing up made sense because they're really deep right yeah and uh of course you know slaves forcing to use her powers and she starts losing control and it's like oh and everyone's like oh we cyborg legs like it's like dude this is about to cause a blow this is gonna make this place blow to the point that's gonna destroy the city and tara pushes slade off into lava which i'll go ahead and say it he actually does die oh he's dead he no i know but like (laughs) in, in, in comic books you don't know and like especially in a kid show it's like they're gonna show him dead oh no he's dead Oh, he dead dead. Like he's not like. That's why you see the mass melting. Yeah, when they showed when they showed him sinking into the lava. Even as a kid, I was like, "Oh my gosh, she just murdered a man!" And like, whoa, the main the arch enemy is gone. And for now, (laughs) once again, comic books. This is why I made the joke of you can literally be burning in hell, and you'll come back. So yeah. That's comic um, books for you. Um, Tara realizes what she has to do because she's like, hey, dealing with like earth and rock and all of that, that's what I do. And of course, they're like, hey, but it, this could potentially kill you. And she has an emotional moment with Beast Boy. Oh, I think God. like they hug. Oh, my God. And, and then she just unleashes. Of course, they run away reluctantly. And of course, yeah. Beast Boy is just like, I, I know he doesn't say I love you, but basically he's like, I love you. And she unleashes everything she's got and it saves the city, but it turns her into stone. And and I'm hmm. the last thing uh, she said was, thank you. You were the best friend I ever had. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm yeah. crying now. I cried pretty hard when I watched it again. I but, know I did. Oh, I did this because. I know I was I, I was saying jokingly, like tongue in cheek of like, I'm not emotionally prepared for this. The reason 
I joked about that is because being 12 years old watching this, like when Jean Grey died in the original, in, well, not, uh, in the six, in the nineties, uh, X-Men cartoon, it kind of went over my head a little bit cause I was a little too young for it to really hit me. And of course I've seen death in other movies and shows and stuff. Cause I mean, and, you know, seeing Disney's hunchback of Notre Dame and all that stuff. Like, but when you're super young, it doesn't really hit you correctly because your brain can't as a kid piece together what you just saw. Yeah. At 12, it clicked. And, uh, this is the first death that really just like affected me in a way that, I mean, I've experienced this emotion watching TV shows and movies, you know, ever since. But I can honestly say this is like the first one that I just felt this is like, oh my gosh. And just being just broken. Mm. And when it's over and the Titans, of course, they do say like there is vitals there. And so Cyborg and Raven, of course, are going to do everything within their power to see if there's a way to reverse what's happened. And they put a little plaque at her feet and just says like, you know, Tara, you know, uh, a teen Titan loving friend. I think that's what it says, but just that, that real nice little, little cherry on this really super sad Sunday. And why am I eating three gallons of ice cream? <laughs> am I just eating my emotions? <laughs> oh, dude, I just, uh, probably the the most emotional season by far, just because of the impact that it has overall. But that the themes and topics that they explored in this season and Tara's storyline is one of my favorites in any shows, just in terms of its emotional impact and what it did for me, especially like as a young man and like even mm-hmm. going back and watching it now. Like if I can go back and watch something and it still makes me feel the exact same thing that I did if not even more intensely than the first time I watched it, that's when, you know, you got something good on your hands and Oh yeah. Oh, it's astounding. And whew, Oh man. Yeah. That's why I just, I was like, okay, I, since I know what's coming, it won't hit me as hard. And I'm like, no, it did. It did. Yeah. <laughs> this. <laughs> it very much did. And I, to this day, I don't know. I'm probably going to rewatch this series down the line. I mean, th- this series demands rewatches, and I think that you know, like, I'm I'm hoping I can go back and rewatch it, and you know, feel that because this is one of the few series I've ever watched more than once, which is not a common thing. But man, this is definitely emotionally impactful, and one of my favorite parts of the entire series. And I'm really glad that we got to explore Tara's timeline. I'm sure we'll probably talk about it more. We might do uh an episode on the Judas contract way down the line, but mm-hmm. either way, I mean, it's teen Titans season two and it's one of the best seasons. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. One of the best parts of, of an amazing TV show. And once again, thank you guys for joining us today on this episode of the internet world order. It's a, a very emotional episode, no doubt, but you know, we, we love doing this and we love talking about these things and you know, it's a, a privilege of ours to be able to explore it and, Obviously, we have more Teen Titans coming up next week. We got Teen Titans season three, and I'm excited to talk about that with you guys. This is, oh, uh, I Teen Titans oh, is yes. probably one of my. 
I think Teen Titans is my favorite superhero group of all time, even above like the X Men, mm. um, which we'll talk. Oh, about I understand that. why. I mean, stuff like this, I mean, makes sense. But yeah, well, I'm the- looking forward to it because season three is it has its own emotional moments for sure, but just. It's like, as I lovingly like to call it, it's the salty runback season. Yeah, it's it's an interesting season that has gotten better over time. It was already really good, but it's in its own way improved for me in ways that I, you know, didn't even realize before. It's a special season, and mm-hmm. I mean, I say that about all this <laughs> this entire series, but it, it really is as great as I am trying to say that it is. But either way, thank you guys again for joining us. Season three next week we will be uploading. It'll be. Uh, so this episode's real quick. This episode will be up a little bit early. It'll be up this week. I'm going to be in Atlanta doing a table read for a screenplay, but it'll be up early. And then next week we'll have season three for you guys. Either way, this is the Internet World Order. I'm Austin Cook. And I am Caleb McLemore. And we will see you guys next time. See you guys.